truly believe, you know, the, the saying, if you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And, you know, I, if you're going to do something, you got to give it your all because you don't want to be, <clears throat> you don't want to fail because you didn't try. And that was kind of my motto. I'm going to try this. I'm going to see what I can do. And if I fail, it's not because I didn't try. Hi, I'm Devin, a senior at Gonzaga University studying business administration with a concentration in marketing. And this is Careers in Marketing, a Gonzaga podcast. opportunity to talk with Nick Bentz, the founder and CEO of Levin Brands. Nick graduated from Gonzaga in 2002, and I caught up with him to hear how his entrepreneurial spirit and curiosity has led him through a path full of passion to where he is now. Let's kind of start off with your time at GU. Um, What did you study while you were here? Uh, My major was uh, marketing. I had a minor in art. Uh, Originally, it was history. and really the goal from from my time at Gonzaga was to get in the advertising world and without um, uh, concentration in advertising, marketing and art was kind of the the best fit I I saw. What do you think was the most valuable part of your education? Uh, you know, I think it was the the liberal arts background at Gonzaga. Um, You know, the school cares a lot about developing character mm-hmm. and um, curiosity and as I would say intellectual curiosity and I think that was the most meaningful thing I learned because as it translates into the world we live in today which it's always changing new things come around you need to have the ability to uh, be curious to always be uh, interested in learning and I think that was something that was strongly instilled in me at Gonzaga. Throughout his four years at Gonzaga, Nick leaned into this sense of curiosity. He studied abroad in Florence, Italy, which opened him up to the world of multiple cultures and ways of life. Going into his time abroad, Nick knew he wanted to study art. However, while he was exploring different cultures, he was introduced to a new form of art, food. It was really me going to Florence and, you know, making a commitment on my part that if I'm going to go to to all these different cultures, all these different parts of the world, that I actually want to experience what they eat and at least have one authentic meal. And in doing that, I found out that I really, really enjoyed food and I really enjoyed the different uh, ways people were preparing ingredients. And... Uh, it really kind of propelled me into what ended up being a big part of my career, which was the culinary side. Um, but I don't think without Florence, I would have been where I am today. You know, I just, it was a huge, huge, uh, learning and growing experience for me. Another large part of Nick's time at Gonzaga was his contribution to reinstating the men's club lacrosse team that had died out about a decade before he got to GU. On a visit to Gonzaga while in high school, Nick saw a group of kids playing lacrosse and mistakenly assumed that there was an official club team. 
However, once he got here, he realized he was wrong and took it upon himself to bring the club team back. Greeting people like, hey, have you ever played a sport? Have you actually played lacrosse? And, um, and then figuring out, okay, who's going to be a coach? You know, how often are we in a, to train? And then obviously the most important thing is there's the financial commitment, you know, and, and, you know, part of it had to be, you know, getting money from each player, but also can we get money from the school and can we get money from sponsors? And it was a really interesting experience because, you know, we went from being nothing to being terrible our first year. And then uh, when I graduated, we had uh, gone on to being one of the best clubs teams in the nation and, you know, had won, won the league. And it was just an incredible experience. And I think it really taught me a lot about building an organization from the ground. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is that's something that you took with you, like a tangible thing that you left GU with. Yeah. Um, what do you think like that taught you going into your career? Uh, I think it, it taught me that, um, you know, one, challenges um, can be overcome. You, you know, you just need to figure out what, um, what, need, what you need to work on, what pieces, uh, how to work cross-functionally because um, – there's a lot of people who need to make decisions and you think, okay, how do you work, work cross-functionally when you try to start a, a, a club versus, you know, when you're in a business organization. But, I mean, you have to influence the actual players. You have to influence the players' parents. Uh, you have to influence the administration. You have to influence a lot. And all of it is effectively effective communication and keeping um, – your strategy and message on point, which is directly translatable to what I do now in the business world. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I've definitely sensed like an entrepreneurial spirit within you and your story. Do you think that that mm -hmm. kind of was like sparked by helping start the lacrosse team? Or do you think that's something you always kind of had? You know, I think it, um, it's a good question. I mean, I think I always had a little bit, you know, that in me from the beginning. I think doing the lacrosse team showed that it was more than just an interest, that I actually had it within me to, to, to accomplish that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of who I was as a person to start off with and then actually being able to do it live in a much more controlled environment where, you know, my livelihood is not at stake. It's, you know, if I fail, then, you know, great, then I'm not playing lacrosse. It's not the end of the world. But I showed that with the support of, um, you know, some of the older uh, uh, students who were interested that we could work together and get this done. Very cool. Um, okay, and then kind of final question about lacrosse. What is your advice for students trying to do something similar, whether it's like start a club or um, like start a movement or whatever it is that they're really yeah. passionate about, what's your advice? Uh, I think the first starting point is asking themselves how committed and passionate they are about it. Um, uh, I think it's very easy, especially um, when you're younger, to get really excited about something and. Uh, then realize you're not that excited about it because it just might have been some 
trend or something that you're just like, oh yeah, I'm really excited. And then you're like, oh wait, I'm actually not that excited. <laughs> so I think you should, I think it's actually just going through the process and figuring out if you're committed because anything you do in life, there's going to be pushback. And the first time you get that pushback, if you're not committed, you're going to crumble. So I think it's asking yourself how committed you are to it. Um, and then the second part about it is you can't do anything alone. Uh, I don't care how talented you are or how committed you are. Uh, there's nothing you can do alone. You really need support, whether it's direct support, um, uh, support from, from above, below, wherever it is, you need support. So you need to figure out how you can get people involved. Um, and then I think after that point, it's just a matter of figuring out, um, you know, what is it going to take to get this off the ground? Is it, you know, a huge financial commitment? Is it a huge time commitment? And figuring out if you personally have the bandwidth to do that. Nick graduated in May 2002 in the middle of the tech recession. As he puts it, Nick was fairly naive about what he wanted to accomplish and how he would accomplish those things. The only thing he knew was that he wanted to get into the advertising industry. So, post-graduation, Nick moved to the Bay Area, an advertising industry hub, to pursue his desire to get into advertising. After about 18 months of no luck and working mostly retail jobs, Nick began to realize that he needed to make a different move. During that same time period, I had been in conversation with um, a family friend of ours who uh, was older and, and you know, was uh, wanting to open up a, a, a bistro cafe type place. Uh, had a culinary background, but had zero business background. And, and he kind of got excited about the fact that I was looking to do something. And I think this is where my entrepreneurial background came in. And I got really excited about trying to get something started off the ground. And, and uh, I think he saw my desire to be eager and, you know, work you know, nonstop to get this going. And so ultimately I ended up moving back home to San Diego and helping him get this off the ground. And, and in doing so, I really helped from, you know, the marketing and administration side of it. Uh, while he really helped me learn how to be a chef, or I should say at least a cook at that time, which <laughs> really solidified the next step in my evolution and career. That's awesome. Do you feel like you were prepared for this sort of entrepreneurship? Like, did you feel prepared to help start this business? I think the, the, the fault of youth is, is that you think you're more prepared than you are. And I was pretty confident I was the smartest person in the room and that <laughs> I was just going to take this, this opportunity. And we ended up having 25 locations and, you know, 25 months or whatever. It was some stupid, you know, goal that I had in my mind. So I thought I was really well prepared, but, you know, in hindsight, I wasn't, you know, I was, um, but, you know, I had the motivation, I had the um, uh, passion to, to do it, which I think is the most important thing. Um, and I learned a lot. And I think you learn more from your failures than you do your successes. Uh, and I think that's really important for your early career. Mm -hmm fail just fail you know and you're gonna you're gonna learn from that 
Um, what would you tell students who are trying to do something similar, like trying to start or like join a new business or help start a new business right out of college? <clears throat> well, I would say that today it's uh, easier than it was back then to start a, a, a new job or excuse me, start a, a new company um, because the ability to target new customers and a new base is you have more tools at uh, your disposal now than did back then. Um, so I think it's easier to start a business than uh, ever. The, the challenge is, is that now you have a proliferation of, of multiple businesses in the same space and it's really hard to break through that, you know, barrier into being I'm a business with some customers to I'm a business that actually has a platform for long-term stability and success that I can grow on. So I think that is the biggest part about my advice to students who are trying to do that is um, have the passion, put together the strategy, align yourself with advisors who know what they're talking about in the space, um, give it a go. And don't be afraid to pull the plug if you feel it's a failure because um, you're going to do more harm to yourself by just treading water for multiple years uh, as opposed to recognizing that it's not working, pull the plug and go somewhere else because you know who's going to say that you're a failure in an interview if you say, yeah, I was really excited about starting this, I did that, I, I learned all aspects of the business. I spent 24 months doing it, and at the end of the day, I wasn't a huge success, but I learned a lot, and now I'm ready to help your organization mm -hmm. out. Like, great, sounds like a smart individual who's excited about you know helping us out. But mm -hmm. the challenge is, is just always keep yourself um, close to reality. Eventually, Nick decided to leave the bistro and look for his next step. Like any true entrepreneur, he followed his passion and his gut and made a big move. Uh, I really wanted it to further my culinary education uh, and decided culinary school is the best way to do that. Um, and uh, I started applying to schools um, and my brother, along with some other friends, had lived in New York at the time and one of the schools I applied to was the French Culinary Institute and so it was just a perfect match when I got accepted into that to go to New York and try that experience um, but I think the this is probably a really good advice I would say um, which I took when I went there was I didn't sit back and say okay I've got time I'm in school you know, I can have fun and wait until I make a decision. The second I got into school, I was looking for internships. I was looking for ways to, because I knew that it was, culinary school was just a stepping stone. It was a networking thing. Very, very similar to any secondary education. If you're getting your MBA or anything like that, you know, you're going to learn stuff, but you're going to build a network. So the second you decide that you're going to want to get into a program, start to use that network to figure out what the next steps are. Um, so I went to culinary school pretty much almost weeks into culinary school. I got my first internship. Um, Jean George's new restaurant, uh, Perry Street, um, on the west, uh, on the, in the West Village. And I was going to school nine to three and, you know, shoveling off to, to work the 
completely, you know, with, without much time and working until midnight and repeating <clears> it the next day. And uh, it allowed a seamless transition from graduation into employment. Um, and it was, it was great. That's awesome. What was it like being in a city? You mentioned your brother lived there, but did you know anybody yeah. else? And kind of what was that like? I mean, that's so far away from Spokane. Yeah. Um, well, I've never been afraid of trying something new. Um, and that's not always the case for everybody. Um, but, you know, I I had a good, really good friend from, from home that was living there. Um, so I didn't have a ton of contacts in New York, but I had some base, which I think helped. Uh, I lived in, in the, the laundry room of my brother's apartment. I mean, it was like a... a you know, it wasn't like I was living in this gigantic apartment building in a laundry room. It was a private laundry room that had a like a sleeper couch in it. But you know, I I think I was paying five or six hundred dollars a month, which was seems like a lot, but it was nothing for living in New York City. Uh, you know, even back in those days, um, and you know, I just I like. I love cities. I, I you know, I, um, and I truly believe, you know, the, the saying, if you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And, you know, I, if you're going to do something, you got to give it your all because you don't want to be, <clears throat> you don't want to fail because you didn't try. And that was kind of my motto. I'm going to try this. I'm going to see what I can do. And if I fail, it's not because I didn't try. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your biggest piece of advice? Like, I think New York has this kind of like, oh, aura. aura to it. Yeah. For a lot of young people, especially what's yeah. your advice for students who like maybe want to move to New York or another big city? Do it now. I mean, this is the best time of your life to live in a major city. Um, I, my, I think my brother was the one that told me this first and I've truly believe it like everybody should at least spend six months in new york before the age of 25 you know or maybe before the age of 30 when you you know it's just if you can do an internship there or um something it's just incredible to, to live in a major city like that where you have so many young people living so many people who are you know the lifestyle is is go 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 and you know some people love it and never want to leave, but some people get burned out and, you know, it's tough to do that go, go, go when you are uh, also trying to balance family and other aspects of of life as you get older. So do it while you're young and give it a go. And, you know, people still look at my resume like, New York, oh, you, yeah, definitely awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even have to ask about it or, you know, say if I was successful or not. They're just like, oh, great, New York, you know, and that's, no, oh, you, did, you did, did a good job. After school, Nick got a full-time job as an intern at Jean George's brand new restaurant, Perry Street. Jean George is a French culinary artist that has two Michelin star restaurants. At Perry Street, Nick mastered his cooking skills and learned from one of the best culinary artists of the time, allowing him to get a full picture of the industry. Eventually, Nick left New York and decided he was ready to come back to the West Coast. He moved to San Francisco with the goal of opening up his own place. But once again, he found that his timing was not ideal. It was 2008 and he found himself in the middle of the recession. It was hard to find people who wanted to fund a restaurant in this climate, so it was hard for him to figure out what direction he wanted to go. 
He eventually landed a job with Landmark Wineries, working in a tasting room. The tasting room job wasn't a good fit, but he got the opportunity to move to Sonoma and continue working for the company while running their consumer and marketing experiences. Eventually, this company got acquired by Fiji Water, and Nick found himself being part of a much larger company. Another thing Nick found along the way was a passion for wine. Gonzaga instilled a desire to, to learn and, um, and, and continue to, to grow, and, and so I didn't want to get into the wine industry and be uh, a novice or know nothing about the industry I was working in. So I started to study, and I started to learn about how wine was made, and I learned about um, different regions, and that turned it into me actually going through the Master of Wine program and going through and getting a lot of certifications all the way through the process where, you know, I was going all the way up. Um, uh, so I'm, I stopped because I left the industry, but I was one level below going for Master of Wine certification with 400 of those individuals in the world. So I, I did that not because it was going to make me more money in the industry. It's just I was really passionate about being an expert. And um, it helps you, you know, in ways that you don't think be better at your job. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it for you? Like, obviously, you have such an entrepreneurial spirit about you and you love to constantly be learning. Um, how was it kind of going from more of like an entrepreneurial career path into like that huge company that was, as you were saying earlier, like massive with so many individuals? Um, you know, I think that was probably one of the more challenging parts of my life because after I had left Fiji Water, I went to Jackson Family Wines, which was, you know, Fiji Water and that organization as a whole is, you know, wonderful brands as a whole is bigger than Jackson Family Wines, but I was in the wine division of Fiji Water, which was small, and then I went into one of the largest wine companies in the world. Um... And, you know, you start to see layers above you and you start to see decisions that are made for political reasons. You know, this person gets promoted because of this or this decision is made because we can't upset this person who's been in the organization for X amount of period of time or we can't let go of this person despite the fact that they're not capable of doing a job uh, because they they know the CEO personally. Um, Those are decisions that, you know, was really tough and it drained me. Eventually, Nick decided to leave his job working in the wine industry and start his own business, Leavening Brands, and that's where we find him today. So our expertise is um, uh, the food, beverage, and hospitality industry, primarily focused on consumer packaged goods and um, uh, the restaurant world. And what we end up doing is, is that we work with brands that um, are in need of our expertise and experience and we help put together uh, the, the, the puzzle pieces to make it a, a more attractive picture for um, whether it's uh, an investment group to, to want to invest, whether it's um, uh, working with the business leaders to help them you know, maximize the opportunity as it relates to growth, uh, or whether it's a large organization that's trying to validate whether it makes sense for them to pursue a specific opportunity. Um, 
Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that's perfect. What, I guess, is your biggest piece of advice for students looking to start their own company? Um, you know, I think it uh, starts with passion. You know, or how passionate are you about what you're trying to do? Um, uh, what support do you have around you to, to make this uh, a reality? Because you're going to have to make sacrifices. You know, sometimes those sacrifices are, you know, you're going back to live home with your parents and, you know, you, you're not going to have any fancy things for a while and you've got to be okay with that. Um, uh, other sacrifices is, you know, you might love to be able to travel or, you know, hang out with friends and do stuff and like, no, you're, you're going to be working seven days a week, you know, like you, and everybody always looks at the big successes and they say, oh, look how great that is. I want that. But no one actually really tracks back how those successes went through and what the first 24 months really look like. So I think you got to be passionate and prepared to, to run through a wall. Um, and then outside of that, I think you just have to, once you've answered that, make sure that you've got an idea that's something that has an opportunity. I mean, there are multiple copycats out there and consumers are a lot more savvy than they ever been and they can smell, you know, a thing. Kind of going back to that passion, do you think in your current role, like, have you found balance between your passion for like the culinary industry and your passion for advertising and art and all of, and business? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I think they're all interconnected. Um, I think the most important thing is is you've got to know who you are and what, what motivates you. And, and one of the areas that um, get you out of bed in the morning. And, um, you know, if you are a creative individual and you're doing something that might not necessarily be in a creative field, well, you still got to put that creative hat on because that's your strength and that's how you think about it. But it's also good for an organization or for a brand because you provide a different um, viewpoint than what others are saying. Um, so but I, I think for, for me, it's just like I've always tried to put everything together into the package and always said I'm doing an internship on my life, you know, like I'm trying to find different aspects. I've been in so many different things and I keep telling myself that it's that internship of life that eventually I'm going to have this like amazing, you know, end result that has been, you know, all these years in the making. So hopefully that's the case. That's awesome. Okay. Um, last question. What is your biggest overall piece of advice for students or graduates? As it relates to now or later or all of the above? Like all of the above. Just like students who are about to graduate or are going to graduate in a year or two. Like what would you say to tell them to do? So, I mean, I would say in the near term, enjoy your, your, your life and um, uh, don't take everything so seriously. Um, the second, I would say, is... is don't be afraid to take chances and make mistakes. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you, you're going to learn a lot more from mistakes than you are from your successes. Um, 
oftentimes the biggest failures are the ones that haven't failed at all and then get their first major failure you know when they're 25 and 26 and it's just crippling you know they can't like oh my gosh someone actually told me i'm not great you know um so you know fail often and and learn from it and and doing so try different things because it'll help you learn who you are um and that brings me to to the next point is you gotta learn who you are because um i think i mentioned this to you earlier in our in our call our previous call um i think it's very easy for people to look at you know musicians and athletes and and say oh they're fantastic but i can't do that because they have this specific talent that i don't have but they don't really translate that into the business world where they you know see an entrepreneur or someone who has the big big title and say oh i want that because that's exactly what i want to do but they don't actually think to themselves do i have the skill set that is going to make me make it easy for me to be successful there and probably more importantly is that the role that actually will make me happy and want to to to, you know get out of bed in the morning and you're only going to learn that by learning more about yourself you know some aspects of it is and learning more about the industry you don't like sales um you know there's going to be some aspects of jobs Nick Benz is the perfect example of someone that has followed his gut, stayed curious, and has opened himself up to various opportunities. Nick's entrepreneurial spirit had only just begun developing during his time at Gonzaga, and as we have seen, continues to develop every day. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time on Careers in Marketing, a Gonzaga podcast. Today's episode was edited and produced by Kaylin Healy, music courtesy of Music Box Licensing. Download other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.